0: Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. That's what the kids call them. Trissy guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gilliverse, talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by Stewart Travel Guitars. See the incredible stowaway travel guitar at stewartguitars.com. Also brought to you by Bench, makers of hot rod-inspired pedal boards and pedal board accessories at ideabench.com. Microphones for Inside the Gilliverse are brought to you by Rode Microphones. Now, please welcome your host, Eric Broad.
1: Good evening everyone, thank you for joining us, or good afternoon for that matter, wherever you're tuning in from, a little bit of an earlier Ah. show, but thank you for tuning in for episode 11 of Inside the Gilliverse, where we talk all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. My name is Eric Broadbent, and it comes with great pleasure to welcome tonight's guest. You know him as Huel Babineau, possibly, from Breaking Bad, and Better Call Saul, actor and comedian Lavelle Crawford. How are you doing, Lavelle?
0: I'm great, man. How are you? I'm well, real well.
1: That is good to hear. That is really good. When people are well right now during these crazy times, I mean, really, could we ask for anything more as long as we have a roof over our heads and feeling pretty good?
0: Hey, amen to that, brother. I mean, cause I ain't know, man. I thought I was about to go into prostitution. I ain't know, man. <laughs>
1: I know what I mean, you and I were talking off the air. We we're talking about uh, you know we, uh, having to adapt in these worlds. You know, like you know mu- musicians and and comedians like yourself as well too. You know, like your bread and butter is being out there on stage when you're when you're a kind of a a person who's wearing multiple hats—a comedian and an actor. You know, you really, if you're not on those stages or sound stages, whatever, you know, it's hard to keep the lights on sometimes. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard if you don't have the work ethic, I think that, I think that this hit everybody by surprise. I don't think nobody could have really been ready for this. I don't care who you are, man, but it was a blessing to have the residual text coming in and, <laughs> and it was a blessing to be able to, you know, had stocked up money from shows before, you know, I thank God because I was, you know, trust me, I was like anybody else where, where, are we going from here? You know, mm-hmm. like how, you know, I got, you know, I got three kids and a wife and we had just closed on our house. How convenient when when, <laughs> when, when, the pandemic hit. So I'm like, man, I'm thinking I could double the payments, be done with this in a few years. I'm like, man, everything's going for well The then, you know, kaboom, man. Yeah. I went, I went from, I went from Hugh Babenu to Lavelle Crawford, uh, the their comedian to just plain old Veil. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was up in the looking like, man, let me get my grass cutting skills back, get back to my handyman stuff. I know how to put in a toilet. I ain't know what I was gonna have to do, man.
1: Whatever it takes, maybe that's, you know, and it's smart that, you know, you've you had some, you know, residuals and all those things like that as well, too. But maybe a bit of advice. This wasn't a question I had for you today, but maybe you could help some people that, you know, sometimes, you know, and we're all guilty of this. Let's say you're a musician and you get this big signing bonus right now. OK, I'm going to go out and buy my Ferrari. and I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. And then we always see, hear that little cliche, save some for a rainy day. And all of a sudden, pandemic this year, 2020, is a rainy day that we all needed a nice nest egg. Any advice you could offer some people that get into show business um, and think, you know, like, I'm just going to go do this, I'm going to do this, it's going to be all gravy, it's going to be great, and then all of a sudden something hits you out of left field and and you don't know how to prepare for it?
0: Well, you know, I've heard and I've learned from several other people, I mean, in the entertainment field. I've always had to, you know, I had, to, I had to scrape and scram- scramble all my life, you know, being in a single parent home and, you know, and my mother, sometimes we had breakfast or dinner and stuff. So my advice to anybody in this game that tomorrow is not promised. So make sure you put away whatever you can and invest as soon as you possibly can. Don't worry about Fiaris and all that stuff, get you some mainstay property, you know, don't just go down that rental hole and have you a place to stay, have you some furniture, have it pretty much paid for, you know, get you just a good car, you know, and, but at that time, just stack, man. I tell you what, if I could tell anybody anything, I'd tell them to stack, stack that money and, you know, as much as you can. You know, and keep your bills as low as possible. And, you know, I mean, even after you win an Oscar, stay humble, man, because, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what you think about all the glitz and glamour. You can lease a Fiari for a couple of months sure. and give it back. You know what I'm saying? Because it depreciates as soon as you drive it off. The it's better if you buy it, unless you get you one, 1963, they have one of the rarest ones they ever made. But if you if you haven't got that, it's not an investment. So I, I tell people think think like your your grandfather did. Put them chips away, and you know because I mean like for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Being a stand-up comedian, I I, I had no expectancy that I was gonna land opportunities like that. So you just don't know. You might be a road comic the rest of your life. You might be a, a, a play actor, maybe a bit part of extra. You might be a background musician for the rest of your life. You don't know. I mean, it depends on your drive and your drive makes it. it it's nothing else because I never had nothing handed to me. So it was my drive. I mean, because like, you know, short story about getting Breaking Bad. I was a touring comic. I just moved my wife and kids. We had been married like a year. I had my baby boy; he wasn't even born yet. I moved my older kids, my stepchildren, up to Los Angeles. Got my daughter in school. Got everybody in there. Uh, just got off the road. Then did he did like nine shows. Exhausted. Can't, got in at six thirty. My manager at the time told me, "Hey man, I got an audition." And for a TV series. You heard of Breaking Bad? I said, and I kind of heard of it at that time. It was before it exploded. This was I because I came in on the cusp of the freak out fans and all that stuff. So I was like, eh, I heard of. He said, Well, they got audition. They need you there at seven. I think it was like six forty five. I got in at five forty five. I had to drive across town, Los Angeles. If you ever been to Los Angeles, it, that's the worst time to drive. I know. And, anytime, and I said, man, can I do it tomorrow? No, they need you today. And I and I went in for Lucius, the tow truck driver, which would have been a big part. Oh. But, yeah, I wasn't coming in for Hugh. I wasn't coming in for – and it basically wasn't even Hugh. It was security guard. Okay. That's what it was. it was. It was just security guard. And they said, you mind reading this one little line for security guard? And I they, they said, we want you to read for two parts. And I read for, you know, I had studied Lucius and everything. I'm thinking, you know, I had a few lines, but for from you, I had one little line say, we're closed. <laughs> and the guy said, Hey, uh, when can you start working? I said, What? Because I always said to myself, that, that's the whole my whole dream in the audition. I come in and they tell me, you uh when when can you start just like that you know just like like when elvis presley got picked up he working at a gas station hey kid hey you want to be famous you know get in the car you know i'm just like you know i'm just just waiting for that moment that moment never came that was like my three millionth audition and for this guy to say when can you start i said yesterday (laughs) you know and next you know i had a plane ticket i'm on my way to albuquerque to do this one line but all out, you know. But I didn't even know how big this was. Next thing, I was getting called every week to be on a show where I had like maybe a bit line and everything because I became very iconic in this role. So it was, you know, I think you. But the thing about it, you don't know how long it's gonna last. So you just take your time and stack and and don't think you're gonna be, you know. Yeah, I'm balling out of control because man, it 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 can come back to bite you so fast.
1: I agree. And man, talk about fantastic advice. That was a question I had on the the agenda today, was to talk about the audition and how you got that. But that's fantastic. And the, the way that you talked about putting some away, and my better half, Sandra Lee here, she's all about that as well too, save for a rainy day. And you talk about renting a car, you know, leasing a car. It, believe it or not, I was quite shocked. And I, I, I laughed, but I didn't mean to laugh when this came out on the show, just because I was so surprised. Michael Mandel was on the show. Um, I, he was our second guest um, when we kicked off Gilliverse. And we're talking about, you know, fame and stuff like that. And, and he mentioned he drives a Prius. And I, I kind of chuckled. Because I figured to be him driving like some kind of you know Jaguar, you know some kind of Lexus or BMW or who knows, right? I mean, you should never stereotype what a person's going to drive. Yeah, but yeah. I just I didn't picture a Prius. I, it wasn't that. And and you know how you know how smart that is. And you know how efficient that car is. You know, so I mean, he's he fills up his gas his car, and he probably could drive it for three months practically on a tank of gas. You know, pretty so, much. Yeah, so it's it's smart. So it puts them away for a rainy day. Nothing wrong with uh, you know, instead of buying a five million dollar house, buy a house that maybe you know your parents would have loved to have had a, as uh, when you're a kid or something like that, and, and sure. keep some locked away. But stacking it, I like that. It's really really good advice. We've got a bunch of good questions coming in. I'm going to ask one right away from one of our super chats uh, and one of our friends from Karina. And you and I talked about this off the air just a little bit. This is a good question and one of my favorite episodes in Better Call Saul. She says, "Uh, for question for Lavelle, were you surprised to have almost a whole episode dedicated to saving Huel from going to prison?" In Better Call Saul season four, episode eight, clearly Saul has a sense of loyalty. It seems to Huel, and maybe we'll even see him in Omaha with Gene if we're lucky. <laughs>
0: um, well, I, I was surprised how big Huel got as a character, as a as a as a character in this this roller coaster of madness i mean from the you know from heisenberg to to all, all the way up to Gustav, and you know he had so many great characters just the Hugh, you know getting better called saw which he was Saul's right hand man and i want to find out how his story became because i thought he met a pro wrestler you think he would be a tough guy but the way he comes in is just like i guess it fits you don't want some guy that's out there being seen so when they brought Hugh Lynn, I think that I said it made sense how he kept him out of jail, how his loyalty came to be. And I and I thought it was hilarious, all the stuff that they did. I I was shocked that it was a whole episode to get me out, but it showed why Saul was the man, you know, how Saul was dealing with criminals because you need the best lawyer you can that can get you out of some out of out of the stink, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you know, out I, of I that, you know, because especially the guys like me getting, I hit a cop. I, I busted a cop in the head with three cans of soda and some sandwiches, you know, I mean, and he had already wrestled me before. Right. So I thought, and I knew, and I mean, that when I, when I played that character, we say, well, I got other ideas and I'm gonna bounce. And he was like. Yeah, no, no, no. What you mean? He's like, he said yeah. You say, man, I can get out of here, man, because I know I got to leave this town, man. Because I'm going to jail, brother. You, what you gonna do? But, but it, it went the way they put it together. It was genius, and I, and I loved it. I, that I tell you, be honest with her. When I watched the episode, because I, I did all the stuff, but I, I didn't see it completed. So when I watched that episode, I laughed so hard. My wife thought I was crazy because I said, you got to see this. They had me in the choir and had me in the fire. And I just looked like same guy that was beating up piñatas, almost about to bash a kid in the head, but here I am singing church songs. It was just, it was funny, man. It was great
1: absolutely it was, beautiful. It, it was for sure i mean and and then there, uh, you know jimmy he's talking as the the parishioner the are they uh uh the priest at the church and saying we're going to bring in a couple uh busloads of uh, parishioners and everything to the mm. to the courthouse and I mean, and the laws that both, uh, you know, Jimmy and Kim broke to make that happen. I mean, like mail fraud, multiple counts, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds accounts of mail fraud. <laughs> These things just don't really happen in the real world. And if they do, no. actually, they kind of do in some cases, you know, but we just don't hear about well, them. Well, if you're much. a good lawyer,
0: it does. <laughs> that's
1: right. That's right. And I mean, don't, don't we all wish we had a Saul Goodman in our back pocket, you know?
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I said I wish I had a Saul Goodman and an Ari and an Ari Ari Gold from uh from uh 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 was the authorized. Okay, I said I want an Ari Gold for my agent and a Saul Goodman as my lawyer, man. Two great guys.
1: What else could you ask for? right Yay. you got it all with that well that was a good episode if and if you, people are new to this episode uh that we're talking about um you know in season four we, we won't give away any real spoilers we talked a little bit about it but you're in for a real real treat and uh, we're really keeping our fingers crossed as well too to see what's more Huel in uh in season six but here's a couple more good questions coming in as well too this is from our good friend Eamon who helps us out tremendously here on the show and uh him and his wife always bring good questions and this is from his wife uh Louise says a uh, question if Huel and Kirby had taken all that money and made it to mexico i know that was a thought between those two mexico you know uh <laughs> what would they have spent the money on uh so with if you guys packed up with some of that money and head down to mexico um i mean what what would you think the two of those guys would have uh invested in or blew it all on
0: i don't know i i think <laughs> i think cuby you know he he's more of the uh he, he's more the the, the kind of uh cut rate guy who always, he might, he might've gambled, had probably tried to open up a betting, a betting casino down there. And me, I probably would have did, you know I probably would have had my own like, you know, restaurant. I think Hugh looked like he would have owned a nice, a nice like, you know, Cajun restaurant and Slash and had a family, the whole nine yards. I think he would have changed his whole life around, you know, a little bit. I could see Hugh finding finding some solace down there you know <laughs> having a great great cute you know cajun restaurant down in mexico it would be hilarious you know yeah you know with a with a mexican flair has had a senorita everything
1: <laughs> and i wonder, I wonder if Kuby would be the uh the door man i wonder if he'd have his what do you think he'd be doing would he would he be,
0: would he be... i think Kuby would probably have his own casino i think he Odd. would i think he would yeah, I think he would be a kind of you know, he he have his own have his own little small casino, probably have have gambling blackjack and, you know, some Texas hold him, but he'd be a tough, you know, had a tough guy and I'd probably work in security for him and he'd come over to the restaurant and help manage the restaurant. We'd probably be kind of like, you know, tandem still, you know what I'm saying? Doing our little dirt on the side, you know, keep doing our little ways of justice.
1: Yeah, I, you know what, that you totally, you totally sold it to all of us because, and I believe that I could see you having like the best, you know, wanting the, the fine cuisine, right, bringing bringing that down there, and then of course uh, the casino because I always found it could be a little bit more uh, shady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, people could say the same thing about Hewell, too, but depending on how you look at them. But I think you nailed it perfectly, and we'll see what fans in the chat say about that as well, too. Casino in a fine restaurant. That's fantastic. Here's a question from, uh, and this is uh, talking about the wife. You talked earlier about uh, a new wife at the time, uh, freshly married. Uh, Nat Romero says, Lavelle has to tell us about all the secrets to the marriage scene. So, you know, as an actor, uh, comedian, of course, as well, too, gone from home a lot and acting as well especially when you didn't realize how big the parts in Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul would become. Uh, being on the road a lot, it takes a really good supportive group at home. Can you share with us a little bit um, for Nat's question on how you make your marriage a success when you're not always at home?
0: Well, uh, I, you know, I, I I do my best to make her happy. That's why I say a happy wife is a happy life. I, I do my best. I know I ain't easy to live with. And I mean, i have and, you know, during this pandemic, you know, I thought it would be more um, more treacherous for us as a, a married couple being so close to each other. But I think that it, it, it strengthened us. And when, when I got back on the road, it kind of gave a little flack because I was gone. She was used to seeing me every day just as well as my son. But I don't have a formula, man. I thank God above for blessing us to just, you know, I mean, she she my she my my baby, you know my soulmate, you know she was there during the you know when I was weighed about five hundred pounds and and I had diabetes real bad, and I would have it so bad that you know I would have swells on my back and she she nursed me to help, and I was out here earning the money and I mean we had our fights, we got battle scars of love, but she stayed with me and, and we met each other, we met each other after a show where I didn't think I had a great set. And she came up and whispered in my ear, "Where am I staying at?" And I told her, but I ain't tell her what room because I thought she might have been crazy. <laughs> but, but she so hard caught, found out my room. She didn't find my room number, but they put her put her through to my phone. And she claimed that she was my wife way back then before we ever got married. So, oh, wow. and this was Valentine's Day. This we got and we got married. And we met on Valentine's Day and we got married on Valentine's Day. You know, so I mean, she always be a special part of my life. I mean, I need somebody. She she you got to have a, I always say when you get married, you got to have somebody who's your equal, not physically, but just mentally. And, and 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 being able to be strong and give you give you that push. You can't have someone. What are we going to do, baby? She's like, get up. Stop crying. Stop. You know, you know, like I would tell her, get up. You you got to go for it. And I mean, and I think that's you need a you need someone who can be a coach as well. And you can coach them back and y'all can go at it and we can find, we'll have our moments and then we'll find our way back to common ground, which that's a strong marriage when you can, I mean, cause ain't, ain't no marriage, you ain't walking around here, oh, we're in love. No, that don't happen. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, you are gonna have those times where, well, as long as it's peaceful in the house, everything, she's happy and she's good. And, and she even cooked me some meal, um, some food and brought it in to me in my office. And we hug and kiss and you know we we get cuddled up every once in a while. I think that's that's the greatest part of marriage. Just cause I can't I when I'm in these hotels, I, I freak out because I don't like I, I like to at least feel her on I feel her back or put my arm around her waist. I, I hate being without her in the bedroom, you know. That's that's one place I just you know when you get married, you know, you get used to sleeping. When I was single it was okay, but now when she gets out of bed, she gets up early than me and the freak, she go to bed early than me and she gets up early than me. And I hate that cause I feel the bed empty yeah. and I'm like, oh man, where'd she go? And it kind of messes up my sleep and then I wind up waking up. So I think just, you know, giving as much attention you can, you know, and just being there as much as, much as I'm on the road and the attention I give to the road, I got to give it at home. You know, that's all I can say. I do my best.
1: I'm not perfect, though, trust me. <laughs> none, of us, none of us are. I know the fans are loving this. This is actually a beautiful statement, fantastic about Valentine's Day. My father, is, uh, he's passed away, but also his birthday on Valentine's Day, so a very special day, too, for that. I mean, wow. y- you really nailed it. You really, really nailed it. It's never an easy thing, and I'm the exact same way. Um, I work from home, so I'm home 24-7 pretty much, and the only time I ever go away is, like, uh, sometimes uh, – because I told you off the air I'm into music and I go to the convention that is called NAM it's in uh, Anaheim California usually in January and I'm gone for anywhere from 2 to 4 or 5 days and you know a couple okay. times I've gone for a better part of a week and i hate it like i i hate being away from her you know we'll connect of course like we all does when they go away like through facetime or or skype or things like that but it's just not the same and you almost feel like part of you is missing so i get that i, I get that 100 percent. and i know a lot of us can relate to that when you're single it's a different story because you don't you haven't experienced that 24 7 partner but once you've had it it's so hard to to sever it for even a short duration
0: I mean, because once you get, just like you say, you miss it because once, I mean, I mean, you know, I see people that fight because they don't, they don't, they they become selfish. It's just a thing about, I I don't, I I look around the house and my wife gone too long. She gone over 30 minutes. I'm calling like, where you at? You all right? (laughs) And I mean, we got to talk, you know, I mean, because I mean, sometimes you need a breather. I mean, like them four or five days you gone. after that third day, you like, man, I mean, I'm going like every weekend now, but I once I get out there playing, hey, baby, I made it. What y'all doing at home? What y'all eat? What y'all doing? You know, my little man, he's nine. So my older kids, you know, they don't care, but they they love me. But then we talk when we talk. But my my young man, I have to see what he up to, see what he has But my wife. You know, I, I don't care. We go to bed with the phone right on the pillow, and I hear her snoring because, you know, she snores better when, when she... You can hear my voice and we both go to sleep. We wake up, and the phone's still on If we got a battery charged. And I mean, and when we home, I mean, we ain't even got to be in the same room. Just she coming in there and I come in there, make sure she all right. I fix something. I make barbecue. Just see, her. even when I'm mad at her, I'll still fix her something to eat. I, and when she mad at me, she'll still bring me a plate. And that's just, that's just it, you know, because the mad ain't really mad. It's just a moment, you know? Yeah. Disagreement. I mean, yeah, I mean I ain't going nowhere. Hell I I lost this way too late. I you know, I ain't got nothing to give nobody. I'm a fifty year old man. I'm cranky. I'm fifty one. I'll be fifty two in November. I ain't got nothing for nobody no more. I'm I'm an old crab, baby.
1: <laughs> well, as you and I were talking out the air as well too. I mean, I want to give you a huge applause and, and way to go uh for for the weight loss and and just doing, doing it for yourself, doing it for the family and feeling good. And we were we were talking about this is a kind of a funny thing. First of all, I mean kudos on on the, the the relationship you have with your family. That's beautiful. But we're talking about the one of the scenes that I liked that uh, that you did. You know, when the courtroom scene where where Hewell bumps into Chuck McGill and plants the phone battery. And, you know, and you were joking with me, you were saying how, you know, there's a lot of takes up and down those stairs. And you were saying how, you know, I'm kind of glad it kind of happened now, you know, as opposed to, you know, years ago when you had, you know, had a bit more weight, whatever. So uh, it was at least a little bit more uh, enjoyable for you to get through that, through those scenes.
0: Oh, yeah. well yeah because you know everybody know me as the big big Hugh you know yep. now I'm just you know I'm like, I'm like the sleek more sleek more dangerous Hugh <laughs> you know the bigger Hugh he more of like the tank and the sleek Hugh is more you know like like the you know the, the, the recon guy you mm-hmm. know and, and the thing about it is like a funny story about about the big Hugh I don't know if you remember the scene where uh Aaron Paul he uh he freaks he, he, he uh he he will, runs in the door, locks the door behind him when he finds out that uh you know the Saul had poisoned him with the rice. It's yep. a little boy, with the rice. So he in the room and he he locked in there. He's whooping Sauls, butt. I'm trying to get in. So if you look at that take where they show the door opens open, the door was literally locked on that stage where we do this, and it was locked. They had a double bolted. But Big Hugh, I came through that door. I knocked it all off the hinges, and they were freaking out like, "How'd you knock a dead boat?" I mean, I I, I smashed that door to ribbons, <laughs> and it was so funny. So the next one, they, they just put plywood up and said, "Go easy, man." And it, it, it was so funny because it was it was like because when they was when the stunt guy was getting whooped. They paused because they couldn't believe I almost knocked down the whole scene coming through the door. But I mean, it, but they weren't supposed to lock it. Lock yeah. it but they were supposed to like have the bottom locked it. <laughs> it was that, and so the next and the smaller heel and better call Saul, where they had to, you know, had to do some takes on, you know, how I slipped, slipped it on, uh, on my man, Michael McKinnon. I. I, you know, they, they did about, I, I said, we did about a hundred and run under the steps, run up the steps, but I was always an active guy. Like I tell people all the time, you know, Victor Hugh was doing Brazilian jitsu believe it or not. You had a 500 pound guy put you in the arm bar. It's a hard 500 pounds on you. Now I'm gonna break your arm too. So, and I move I move pretty good. You know, now I move a lot quicker, but, you know, I, I was active, but you still carrying that weight around. You're going to breathe a lot harder. But but the smaller you, I was running, I was doing stairs all day. So it was just it was just like getting my stairs in, you know, with a Fitbit. So yeah. it was cool. It was better for me. I didn't have you breathe none, you know. I was just like, okay. and But the shoes was killing my feet, though. I ain't yeah. going to
1: lie. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. And it, that's like, you know, going to the gym but getting paid for it, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's pretty much what it was.
1: <laughs> I can dig that. When you talk, yeah. I didn't know that, but there's multiple takes. Well, obviously, there's going to be multiple takes on a lot of scenes. But when you broke through that door, do you know which one they actually ended up using? Was it the original one when it was locked or was it the plywood door later? Do you remember?
0: Well, well, the uh, I think it was the plywood because it flew off kind of real far. Okay. And, then, you know, I think they used that one because the, the first one, it was just a rehearsal but but they was but they did put it they tape everything yeah so yeah they was like my god they was like freaking like i said man <laughs> i used to play i played nose tackle offensive offensive uh offensive guard i used to knock people on their back so you know yeah. it ain't you know you're running up against me i'm a brick wall i remember i remember one time doing stand-up they introduced me on the stage and a waitress i felt so bad about that waitress i gave her a 200 hundred dollar tip I came around she wasn't paying attention she she comes up and I she ran she ran into me and she just melted like she just came went down like 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 a smear on the on a on a windshield, oh, no. and all the drinks on her body and everything, she collapsed and just laid on the floor. And she wasn't a small girl, but she came up against me was like running up, like getting hit by a diesel truck. And she was just like, and I felt bad. I was like, oh my god, because I was like, why did why were you even in the way? And they was introducing me, you know. But it was just so crazy, but. <laughs> I gave her $200 tip. She was fine. And they, did. The people was like, oh my God, and everybody said, man, I don't want to run into that guy. No. But, but, but that's, but it, the thing about it was, I guess I was made to play Hugh, so that was the funny thing about
1: it. <laughs> well, you own it. You really own it every time. And as she's probably looking back at that now. I got to run into Lavelle, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and, and get a $200 tip. So she got paid for the exercise as well, too. So that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, here's a good question from Eamon again. Uh, he says, uh, let me see, where was it? Uh, have, have you considered... Um, having I don't I don't know the the song that well for some reason maybe he says have you considered having got to pick a pocket or two as you walk in music when you do stand up got to pick the pocket I haven't heard this song I don't know what either maybe even can comment and I feel I, I should know a, a lot about music here and I don't I don't know that one um Arabella and I got to give credit to Arabella here Arabella is one of our regular fans here we really have some great people in the Gilliver's family and I'm giving friends with a lot of these people. It was actually uh, her idea. She had uh, commented on uh, on Twitter a while back I posted, who would you like to see on the show? And of course you were always on my radar, but Arabella says, you got to get, you got to get Lavelle. We want to talk some Huel, have some Huel's rules and all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> she says, um, uh, Arabella, my favorite Huel moment uh, is at Jimmy and Kim's wedding. Uh, what does he think of Kim, especially after Kushada uh, uh, when she risked her career to help him? Um, and does he like Kim and Jimmy together?
0: Oh, I love them together. I think she's probably the right. I mean, I think Kim accents and compliments Saul so well that, I mean, but I think being his lady or his wife is, it, it's a dangerous game, you know, because Saul is an all-in guy, you know what I'm saying? He's, he he seems like he's naive, but under under that under that persona, he 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 he's deadly you know what i'm saying he's a scorpion and uh, and i think but i think she is i think that he would i think drain her drain her but i think he needs her because she energizes him i think she i think she's great for him i think she she's perfect because i mean she where he wants to go so dirty she's almost like i think i look at them like me and my wife yes cuz he you know cuz like me and my wife is like I'm a comedian and I, I'm a I'm a straight up guy. I'm I'm not afraid of nobody. I mean, I'm a force to be reckoned with. If you, my, you mess with my family, it's the worst thing you ever could do. And the thing about it is my wife be like, babe, don't you know, you ain't gotta do because she I see a car parked out and, and somebody's sitting in the car and it's dark. I'm the only one. I will walk outside to the car, and they be driving off. My (laughs) wife freaking out like he could have had a gun. I said, "Well, he showed him pull it out." But the thing about it is, you, my family's here. That's just like a, a pit bull. If you if it's his yard, he's gonna make sure everybody's safe in that house. I'm not gonna go to bed like go check it, baby. I mean, that's my job. If nothing else, get everybody out of the house when there's a fire. And I think that. But like like Saul, he's he's a, he's a lay-it-on-the-line kind of guy. He's a guy that he he can be as dirty, dirty as the dirtiest guy. He can be as ratty as the rattiest guy, and he can be a saint too. But she has to give him that barometer. She has to give him that, no, let's do it like this. We can still do something bad. But let's do it bad where we don't get caught or mm-hmm. we don't do obvious bad. We don't go up and punch the guy in the face. But once he comes around the corner his dark alley, we throw a bag over his head, throw him in the dumpster. And then we, we scare the crap out of him and then punch him in the face, you know. So I think that she gives him some creativity to his his uh, his dirt.
1: <laughs> I, that, so no, work. that makes a lot of sense. And, and as soon as you started talking to, I started thinking about G- uh, Jimmy and Kimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy and Kim, like you and your wife, you knew you talked about how one picks the other one up and one's not just like, you know, like laying there in a ball on the floor while the other one's calling all the shots, you know, they're, right. you know, that's uh, one's a coach like you talked about as well too, but in uh, the other time the other one's coaching as well. So very, very mm-hmm. well said a question um, from Mrs. Ignacio Varga, you've already answered about she had asked about getting the role and breaking bad. So that's really, really cool. We had no idea it was as simple as that, like, like the million dollar audition that's fantastic and hey, when can you start that's great uh let me see here continue on here uh mary ann is he was still waiting for hank to be back back in the safe house right that that's kind of an ongoing thing and didn't didn't uh uh, what was it? Uh, funny or Die do like a, a kind of a skit with you, like the Hughes ru- rules or something like that? Yeah, Hughes rule that was <laughs> funny.
0: Where we had a f- whole family and everything, that was funny. That was a great. It was that was a lot of fun to do that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Everybody, the whole cast was great. It was so funny. But you know the strange thing about it, I don't know if you've seen the El Camino. I'm sure you oh, had yeah. to. Uh, where they did the uh, Samsung uh, commercials where Hugh was stuck in there. And they were doing the the countdown they did a whole countdown of you in the, in the, in the safe house.
1: That I didn't see. That
0: you never see that? No. Oh man. And they, they, Samsung did it. It's a, it was, a, it's on the Samsung channels, like Samsung 100 or something. They did it. They did it where I, and I got paid for it. It was a lot of fun. It was so funny because they did like you trying to figure out things to do. I was playing, uh, Waste paper, waste paper basketball. I was laying on the couch. I was eating TV dinners. Wait for them to come and get me in the movie. But you know, they never even. I wasn't even in the movie, so it was. Uh, it was so funny. And and as, since you asked about that, I thought that was. You know, I, I wonder how many people saw that because I mean, we filmed it. It was a great time. And It was just me in the safe house, the original safe house. Doing, uh, doing, doing occupying my time, and then finally and shows me at the end, like, Man, hell with this, man, ain't nobody coming to get me. And I sneak out and I take my bag and I dip out. So, yeah, so you, it's pretty good.
1: You get, you got to wonder how long would a person sit there, right? And I mean, like, you couldn't even use your phone because you know, H- Hank had told you basically you better pull that battery out of there because you know, Walter right. going track you down. It's like, I was like, Okay, well, maybe I can go. And you don't know, right. you stick your head out one time, just at one time, and pop, you're taking note. So that's funny, I'll have to look <laughs> that up for sure um let me see here is that so um that was from marion sorry so, and mrs wexer what was your favorite moment acting uh as you are in as, uh, in breaking bad what was your favorite moment okay so i guess favorite moment in breaking bad and a favorite moment in uh, better call saul oh
0: my favorite moments in breaking bad i i think you know i always loved the ted Beneke scene you know, where where we were skilling skin the favorite line, I say reasonably, and we was at the door. You know, uh, I thought that was I thought that was real, uh real cool because seeing him run this guy because it was always like that, you know, people don't get to see that because they have a stunt guy and he takes off running and he slips and falls on the rug and he bangs his head into the side of the thing we think he did. You know, I thought I just love seeing this stunt guy go and do that. He did that like thirty times. I mean, literally Falling and you know, I mean this guy could have died at any moment, but he did it like almost 30 times And I thought that was pretty fun uh, And I think the other scene that Better Call saw to me was uh with me and uh me and uh, Pinkman when he was trying to get in the door and I placed the rising on him and, You know how I was I was frisking him and when I was frisking him I laid the rising on him and uh, but they was making bets in the cast and crew that Aaron Paul was gonna ever be able to get past me, you know. And I said, there "Was no way, Larry Parker, to get past me." I, I I've had three hundred pound lads try to get past me, and it was a no hold bar. So he was trying his best. And it was so funny. <laughs> I picked him. I literally picked him up in the air like three times, and I thought that was fun. But in Better Call Saul, I, of course, I, I love the piñata. The pinata stuff was <laughs> so fun. I mean, because you know, we knocked over like we—they had like 200 pinatas. I think we did about 140 of them. Candy everywhere. everywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I mean, and we crunching candy. I mean, they clean it up and we knock out more. I thought that was—I ain't never busted a pinata in my life. Never. So as a kid, no. I, I always wanted to as a kid, but never got to do it. So it was just. It was the greatest. And and I and I think in, in the other scene, of course, when I hit the cop in the head with the <laughs> with the sandwiches, because people don't know they really had to they had real like soda cans in there, and this guy was an actor, but he was also a stud guy. And I mean his whole side of his face was plum beat red after a few cause I was hitting him. Yeah, I was, he said, like, go for it. And I mean, you know, I'm coming with Velocity, man. And they had to take, gee, we did like we did like 400 takes of me bashing this guy. And he wasn't no stunt guy. I think it was a stunt guy twice. But, but but most of the time it was him. And he would fall down. And the last time I got him, I think he finally showed that that I was really take taking it to him because he laid down there for a minute and the guy was seeing stars oh. and he was looking at me like he was looking at me and I think I think what as an actor and I'm sure an actor is just like martial arts is to me when you train him. You have to train at a at a life taking experience. You got to have somebody that what, like we call in uh, Jiu Jitsu our Uki, which is the guy you train with. He got to choke you for real. He got to throw you down for real. He got to come at you with a knife for real so that you'll be able to understand that this ain't a game. We teach you real life. So when in, interacting, we depict in real life, so I want to pull the realness out of him. So when I hit him with that bag of sandwiches, he jumped up and ready to put them handcuffs on me. He's ready to arrest me. I'm going to jail. You know what I'm saying? And he don't care if he ate a cop or not. going <laughs> gonna make me go to jail. So I think pulling that out of somebody, I mean, I think any great actor, I mean, you, you want to pull the best out of him. I don't even consider myself a great actor. I just know that, that I get the best results from myself by by going there going to that level
1: yep being right in that moment here's something that was shared with us a couple weeks back we had max we had crazy eight on the show and you know that that's one of those iconic scenes you know one of Walt's first kills you know he'd maxed down in the basement with a bike lock around his uh neck to the pole and i'm not sure if you know this maybe you do But uh, I didn't until that night. He actually sat, he asked the the writers and producers and, and the cast and crew if he could sit there for the day. So when they weren't filming, he would sit there with his back up against that pole and he stayed there for like nine hours. (laughs) <laughs> and he, I didn't know that yeah and he but. you know he was broken physically tired back our muscles are sore you know just you know t- tired 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 but it totally made that scene more believable so when you say going there it's whatever you whatever you do to get that to get to that scene and to make that scene believable and, and that's the difference between you know a pro and, and someone just getting into the business so fantastic um. Here's a good question from Erie Afro says hi Lavelle. What was your first day like when you and Bill Burr we talked about the two of you earlier? Two comedians getting to support these great characters on screen. So two iconic comedians. Um. What, what was it like? Are you guys having some tomfoolery on the show uh, off camera? What was what was the camaraderie like between you? Right on. Was the first time getting on uh, on the set together?
0: You know, it's strange enough about Bill. You know, I always say this. You know. I ain't never been ashamed of that. Uh, he's one of my favorite comics, and the thing about Bill, he opened up for me. He used to open up for me, open up in a couple of colleges for me when we did some like urban colleges and stuff. And I was always been a fan of his, you know. And we knew each other like back when we were, you know, you know, just making ends meet mm-hmm. and uh and being on the set. We we laughed and joked and talked crap and everything. You know, and the strange thing about it is it's is like people don't even know this. I don't know if they know it. It's like you had Bob the who did stand up. You had me, Bill, and Brian Cranston said he did it for eight months. And then, you know, then go me. Go me. Kumanzada, He also was a stand up. Yeah. And the thing of, and, and the funny Then you know, and then I seen Roy Woods Jr. He did an episode where he was. There. So they have a lot of comedians jump into these this, this dramatic role that um that was that that's funny. And but like being up there with Bill, I, I respected Bill as a comic because people don't realize, you know, comics, you know, we 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 are dark forces, but we're 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 uh we're the main thing about us is is that we're always acting. So I think watching him and his character going to QB, I mean he was incredible. I mean just going into it and we and we mesh because we look like you know. Like guys that work work on the night shift, and yeah. some you know, as some plant. That's what we really look like, like regular Joes, <laughs> you know, working it. And we we did a pilot. We are, I vision for his pilot, and I think that I thought that we had too much chemistry, and I think that that's why they didn't give it to us. You okay. know, didn't give me the role, and it didn't go. I said I should have did, should have had us. As, the, as buddies, because not only would it have made it to TV, they would have been white QB, Hugh, wow, you know, that's a whole fan base y'all lost trying to be too particular. And I and I and and they told me I didn't look like the sister. I said, find the sister that I look like. I mean, it would have been funny. I mean, I'm not beautiful. My sister don't look like me. If they look like me, they'd be ugly as hell, you know. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't ugly, but as a woman, I wouldn't be that beautiful. But, yeah, but. But I think that I think that working with Bill, I mean, it, it just it just showed you that you know these comics out here are some some talented suckers, man. These talented SOBs. I'm, I mean, these guys can put it together. I mean, I think about like Rich Belzer. Rich Belzer, he was been on how long? He been on the CSI like nine hundred years. You know, I mean, it's it's an epic epic to see some guy they can pull that off on a he playing a cop forever mm-hmm. and just. You know, the, you know, pushing that out of himself, and I, and I, I just, I was honored to work with Bill. I mean, like I said, I, I find him funny as a standup, and I respect him as an actor.
1: It, it's, it's so funny because like, they worked so well together. You know, I, I just love seeing you guys together. And when we had, when Tom and I had um, uh, Vince Gilligan on the show, someone had asked in the chat, I, and I apologize, I forget who one of our regular fans asked a question, but it said, Does every character deserve an ending? You know, like some characters you can just kind of like, Oh, where'd that one go? And, and you don't really worry about it, like kind of, you know, side characters. But so, you know, mm-hmm. like Skyler White had an ending and, and Walt obviously had a dramatic ending. Jesse had an ending, you know, and so he goes, uh, Vince Gilligan said, and I'm the worst at retelling a joke and retelling a quote, so I'm not quoting him here, but he said something along the lines of, "I know where everybody went. I know where hewell went. I know where he goes, the only person I don't know where it went was QB. and I said, "Oh, I think he started a podcast and yeah. it', it, it was kind of it was kind of funny at the time, you know like i'm I'm not a comedian trust me I'm not trying to i'm not I'm not gonna open for you because i'm I'm horrible, but it went over pretty well. It was funny he, he, QB started the podcast. Uh, So there was a question here, and you already answered a bit. Pinterest fail mom was asking about a favorite episode uh, from Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, so you uh, got that one. Uh, This is just a comment rather than a question. Max says, I really want to thank Eric for starting this Inside the Gilver Show absolutely love hearing more of these actors and writers everyone involved with the uh, with the gilliverse are so talented and i agree with that uh, with the talent on the Giliverse, not here with me with all these which uh, I were talking about this off the air everyone from cast and crew from catering to camera operators to you know uh, all the the casting directors uh, bialy thomas I, I can't speak at them enough uh yes. brilliant 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 people and when characters get killed off the show or they exit the show they still become the biggest fans of the show so I, I i agree on that statement so thank you very much appreciate the kind words as well too um oh how this is from sheev if i'm getting the name uh, right how long did you and qb uh, um <laughs> lay on the money and do this channeling the scrooge mcduck
0: Uh, i mean i think we i think it was a you know people don't know this too because like if you watch the scene where we coming into the 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 store storage bin storage place we had to come around the curb and and walk and he had i'm pulling out i'm getting using my my divisive hands to get to get the uh lockpick stuff out and I'm taking my time and we walking in tandem, you know, a bill a lot smaller than me. So he got some, he got some different gait, you <laughs> know, so I had to keep up with Bill, you know. So, I mean, we did that like about 30 times. And Like I said, I mean, I was bigger here with time, you know, and I but, but when we got to lay on that, that money, it was it was like a certain mattress, baby. And I, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to get up. It was posture repeating, baby. We we, we had, had memory foam. see all that money.
1: Yeah, remembering all that money. I had that right in my mind. That's a good one, man. <laughs> and then, and it was
0: it was a it was it, it was I mean, I don't know, we did we did about a, we did about a hundred takes on that. Oh, and I think people were people were laughing. And I I give it to I believe Michelle uh directed that one. Michelle uh, they, has, they have so many different uh, directors, man. That they was all award-winning directors. These guys were freaking, you know, talented, man. The guy, one of the guys from uh, from the. Uh, the Twilight series was one of the directors, Look, little uh, Irish guy, I think it was Irish or uh, uh, British, he was something, but that's that could work the hell out, you know, because movie guys, they want billions of angles, so, you know, I don't know if y'all remember the part where I had to take a dump, and I, he was outside of uh, Mr., uh, outside of uh, Brian Camps and and Walter White and Skyler's house, you know, where I knocked on the door and I had to look like I was taking a dump. They they had to figure out, act like you really got to go. Now, act like you slightly have to go. Now, you know, it was so funny. And then they heard me flush the toilet. And I thought it was just so funny because he he did so many angles of just my part (laughs) of going to the toilet, which Uh I was like, what are you doing? Is that necessary?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely fantastic. I could just imagine laying on it my two doing snow angels and all that kind of stuff. So we got, about, yeah. we got time for about two more questions here and some comments. Uh, this is from uh, Nat Romero. Could you share some behind the scenes stuff uh, from, the, from the Mick Wexler uh, wedding scene? How many photos did you take? So you're sitting there with like the Instamatic, you know, 35 millimeter disposable camera or whatever. Did you snap quite a few photos like even on set?
0: Oh yeah, I was I was snapping crap. Just I, I did a couple of selfies with the thing. Nice. I <laughs> I did, I took a couple of pictures of them walking up. I did I did a couple of snapshots of, of the people that were sitting in the courthouse because you had to get some ambiance, you know. I mean, I you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a wedding kind of guy, so I took pictures of where we was, you know, some memories. You know? Yeah, of so course. I, I think we had we had like about six of those. Uh, Disposable cameras, man. We just kept shooting them, and I kept. I think we did. I think you got. I wish they would uh, would have printed all of them out, so I could have just seen you all the stuff I was taking. pictures, I was doing stuff. People in the hallway, like it was a pregnant couple. I took and showing other people getting married. So it was kind of funny. It was. It was. It was. It was a, it was a lot of fun.
1: All these younger generation kids, you know, and I say kids, not just the kids, but they're taking their iPhones and their Androids. They're taking selfies. So Try taking a selfie with a 35-millimeter disposable, you know, <laughs> click, 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 click. So, yeah, you know you've taken a selfie when you've done that. Uh, you right. Thank, thank goodness to a very attentive fan here. Marion says, uh, we have a thing. It's, it's Tom Schnau started this. And there's, a, so inside the Gilliverse, just Gilliverse is a place that encompasses the entire universe of Break It Bad, Better Call Saul, El Camino. And apparently there is a smell in the gilliverse okay and it could be a good smell could be a bad smell there's no right well there is a right answer according to tom schnauz so the question to you is what do you think it would smell like when one enters the gilliverse
0: i think it's just like los polos local los polos paulos i think gonna be some good old delicious chicken smells in there man from from the restaurant and have some good old different kind of like latino seasonings and some some uh some fried plantains, I Like some fried plantains, man. I think that was man. I think that's the kind of smell. That's all I thought about when they had the chicken place. I said, I know they got fried plantains. I know they do. I love live
1: bananas. I love them. I love your thinking. Man, I mean, you're making me hungry today. Talking about, you know, uh, he will open up a nice uh, Louisiana, you know, uh, establishment down in Mexico. Now you're talking about this. I mean, I'm starving now thinking about this. But actually, (laughs) the correct answer, and I loved Vince Gilligan's. No, it wasn't Vince Gilligan's. Who said it? I forget who said money. Uh, But one of of our guests said money. Vince said, uh, the real answer uh, supposedly is bacon and fear
0: bacon and fear
1: yeah so so you you had you are there with with chicken and seasonings and stuff like that so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna talk to tom i'm gonna say tom i'm kind of liking i'm kind of liking lavelle's aspect a little bit this <laughs> is, there's some seasonings up in there it sounded pretty good but yeah, uh yeah. but i'm glad she asked that because i would have never uh i would have never uh rem- remembered uh let me see here. Think,
0: think about the chicken and fear though you got gustav who was a crazy guy anyway so chicken
1: and feet <laughs> I know right I know that's right and I'm kind of supporting the last polos right now myself this will be the last thing this is a question just if you could do this this is from Lori um or no two questions have you have, have, this is from Lori saying could you have you seen breaking bad from start to finish
0: uh yes I have. Awesome. I watched it from the beginning to the end twice.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those shows, I mean, all both the shows. Um, and you can even put El Camino in there as well too. You can binge watch those again and again and again. I think I've watched the two series um about five times through, maybe El Camino, maybe twice, maybe three times. But you you pick up on different things every time, and then it's people that you love, you hate the next time around, people you hated before you love. It's so it just it's that's what's good storytelling. And this is where was the last one here? Teresa says Would you please say, Mexico, all's I'm saying. I'm going to put on the big screen, so I'm sure they're going to want to capture this.
0: (laughs) Mexico, all's I'm saying. Oh, I'm
1: saying that is priceless. That's gonna make a nice little meme for sure. Well, listen, we're, I told you this was gonna go by fast, and I do apologize uh, to everyone that we didn't get it to all their their uh, their questions. But just a few thank yous here as well. First of all, thank you Lavelle for giving us uh, 60 minutes of your time today. And for those that don't know, we talked about this at the beginning of the hour. You know, the reason why we couldn't have Lavelle on a Friday night because he's a working man and he's he's gigging. And uh, you know, good to good to see you out there again. Uh, slowly getting back out in the, in the the you know the live entertainment world. Um, we want to thank a bunch of people here too just, I made some notes because I know i will forget that all of our YouTube subscribers we are just about probably by later tonight we're probably going to hit the 17,000 subscriber mark, thank you so very very much uh, our super chatters, our Patreon donators, our, our PayPal donators as well, two Patreon members and people that purchase our merch from our store, the links are in the description down below and a big extended thank you to our moderators who keep this chat working so well. I'm the worst. I'm like Ron Burgundy. You know, of uh, these things, if I'll read whatever's in front of me and if, if the wife doesn't send me the, the proper questions, or, you know, right. f- I'll say like, I'll, I'll say some horrible things. So I want to <laughs> thank God for her. Uh, next week, uh, we have uh, a great guest as well too coming on the show. We've got Stephen Bauer, uh, Don Ladio from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul and so many other projects, but one of my favorite movies of all time, Scarface. Are you a fan of Scarface?
0: Oh, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean... Walter White kind of was uh, in modern yeah, day, right? Yeah, Scarface. <laughs> Uh, we have a contest going on over on our uh, Instagram page, Instagram.com slash Inside the Gilliverse. We're giving away from Royal Bobbles and Bobbleheads.com a Hector Salamanca uh, bobblehead with the actual working bell, which is pretty darn oh. cool. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of cool stuff. And uh, podcast fans, we're going to have, I, I, I'm a little bit late, didn't get last night's show done, but we'll have tonight's show with Lavelle and last night's show with Michael McKeon up wherever you get your podcast, probably by tomorrow. And Lavelle, I'm going to um, you know have an open invitation. If you ever like to come back again, I'm going to be doing this show. Tom's going to come back eventually after the um, the show's written and out there and they're done and whatever. But I'm going to keep this going well through season six of uh, a better call Saul and beyond. So if you ever like to come back, I know the fans would love to have you as would I.
0: Oh, sure, sure. Hopefully, I get to talk about season six. <laughs> oh,
1: I know. I I, I have a, I have a very strong feeling uh, that we will be talking some Huel in season six, and I, I hope that for you. And, I mean, not just for, obviously, for a paycheck, but also because I know you're invested as a fan, too. Oh, know? yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's more of the, more of the you know, because... I don't. I like you said. You would be one to know what happens to people. So you know that's that's where I'm at. I just want to be at the end because I mean I was his right hand man. So I want to be there at least, at least you know, get them back for snitching them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, listen, I'm gonna say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, uh, have a uh, safe weekend out there. Thank you for joining us for the special time on Inside the Gilliverse. We look forward to seeing you next Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Right here. And until then, cheers. Thanks again for tuning into Inside
0: the Gilliverse with Eric Broadbent. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino and Better Call Saul.